Amen and amen and amen. So I want to go to the Word right now because I want to show you something and then maybe we'll get y'all to play that song one more time at the very end or something. We'll see how it goes. But I was just really impressed thinking about, uh, actually thinking about my salvation this week and just thinking about how much I appreciate Jesus and everything he's done for me and didn't leave me literally in the pig pen of life and came and touched my heart and saved us and our family and all he's done. And, and I was reminded of something that I want to share with you all tonight. So get your Bibles out and go to John chapter 13. Now, you got to understand something that most of you all know, but some of you may not. When I first got saved, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I'd never read the Bible in my life, didn't, didn't really know that much about Jesus other than I believed, in, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, I believed in heaven, I believed in hell, I believed in a devil, you know, but I didn't really understand anything. And, and so uh, I get saved, I meet Jesus in that, in that barn, and he touches my heart, and, and uh, you know, different people found out that I was saved, and they, you know, I kind of had to come see, like, you know, is this really true? Could this guy have changed? You know, if, are you really a different kind of thing, you know? And and so then, of course, people tried to start telling me stuff, you know, and, you know, you need to read this or you need to do this or you need to do that. And, and I don't remember somebody along the line, somebody said to me, you should read the book of John first. And, you know, I don't, I, 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 I mean, I didn't know, didn't know any different one way or the other, you know. I mean, I don't, that could be a good suggestion for some people. Some of you maybe just need to start Matthew. I don't know. But for me, they just said start in John. And so I started reading the gospel of John. Well, you know, we always tell new converts that, you know, start reading the book of John, you know. Da, da, da. But the very first chapter in John is a little confusing when you don't know anything. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became God, and the Word became flesh. And so, you know, I was like trying to grasp all this and trying to understand it. You got to understand, I didn't know anything. But when I got to John chapter 13, I just pressed through, kept reading, reading long. I got to John chapter 13, my life changed in John chapter 13. It's always been a chapter that's so special to me because in this chapter, Jesus touched my heart. He changed my complete way of thinking. He came in and just totally revolutionized everything on the inside of me. And everything that I could have ever learned that was wrong just kind of fell off. And, and I saw Jesus in a different light and, than I'd ever seen before. But I saw him in a different light that changed me to where I said, Lord, I want to serve you. This guy. Who, who performed John 13, I want to I serve you. I, you're a person who is worthy for me to follow. I want, you to not, not, I want you to mentor me. I want you to change me. I want you to develop in me. I want you to do everything in me because I see something in here that is so amazing. So I want to just read through some of this tonight, and I want to share with you uh, as we go along. So I'm starting in verse 1. It says, now before the feast, oh, excuse me, let's stop for a second. You've got to understand something. You've got to understand when this is taking place. You've got to come to the understanding that Jesus is having the last supper with his disciples. And he's sitting there with these men that he had chosen. And he knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that he was getting ready after this Passover supper and this last moments with his disciples. He knew that he was going to be taken he was going to be beaten. You got to understand something. Jesus was not just hit with the whip a little bit. He was, 
mutilated. His body, they literally said his bones were showing as he went down through the street carrying the cross. And so he knew he was going to the, the you know, he was going to, to endure the most pain and suffering that any person had ever endured. And he was going to do that, but he knew the focus of what he was doing it for. He was doing it for you and I. Okay. And so he's sitting down now. I don't know about y'all. I mean, you know, I'm a kind of person that people can read my face pretty easy. You know, like, like if I'm thinking about something and I'm, I may not be worried about anything, but if I'm thinking about something, it shows on my face. And Laurel, I said, what are you thinking about? You know, and, and, and I, I, can you imagine sitting at the supper trying to have this meal, this Passover meal that they had done forever? It wasn't like it was a new thing that Jesus kind of changed it up. But I'm talking about that had Passover meals. It's a, it's a time of like sitting, and, and I don't mean to... I'm not trying to, 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 to simplify it, but it's kind of like, you know, when you sit down for a Thanksgiving meal with the family, you're, you should be a happy time. It should be a joyful time. Well, they're remembering the Passover. The Passover was all about, right, freedom from bondage. So the Passover meal was a, was a great celebration, even though there was ritual through it and all the different things, but it, was a, it wasn't a somber meal. It was a rejoicing meal. And he's knowing that after this, he's going to be beaten beyond recognition, go to the cross, pour his blood out for us. Right? So how can you do it with a straight face? But Jesus did. So now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, and he loved them to the end. Listen to what he's saying here. Now, the supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God. Now, folks, listen to me. The first revelation I got in here was that at any moment of everything that was going on in Jesus' life, he could have said, nope, that's it. Forget him. I'm not doing this. And it would have been okay with the Father. At any moment, Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels down here and just come and wipe the earth out and said, Lord, let's just find two more and let's just start this thing over again. Right? To have that power within your grasp, within your ability, and not use it to save your own hide, mm, they ain't no human would do that. There's no person, no humanly person is going to do that. And it says here that he already knew, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God. He rose from the supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and he girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you you're washing my feet? And he answered, and he said to him, What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answers him and said, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said, 
Lord, do not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you were clean, but not all of you. Now, just stop for a second. Again. Here's Jesus. He's still King Jesus. All this power is given to him. Could have stopped at any minute. And he's dealing with this person, Peter. Knowing Peter's potential, knowing what Peter can do, that he's going to be the rock. He's going to be the one that says, I want to give you the keys of the kingdom of, 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 of heaven. And you can, you know, man, you're going to be the, the, the pillar. And he knew all of this. But yet Peter's being so stupid at this moment. He can't understand. He can't think past that Jesus is going to wash his feet. Right? He can't think past that. He can't think, you can't be doing this to me because you got to understand Washing the feet was the servant's job. So when you were in a, a Jewish household and you had a servant, you came in, you'd been in sandals, you walked all day down the dusty roads, they went in there and the servant went in there and they stood there and the servant washed your feet. It's the lowly job to do. And here is the king of kings going to do this. The man who had performed miracles, the man who had, had opened blind eyes, the man who had caused the lame to walk, that multitudes have been healed, all this stuff had taken place, demons cast out of people, all the things going on. And here's Jesus, gird with the towel, washing the disciples' feet. I imagine some of them are just in shock, you know. They were just like freaking out like what's happening. Peter, Peter gets up and says, you know, no, you know do, clean, do me all, you know, wash everything. And so he said, um, verse 11, so he, he said, he knew who betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. So when he had washed her feet and taken his garments, he sat down again and he said to him, do you know what I've done to you? Now, I'm, the answer was obviously no. Right. But I don't think anybody said anything. They just all sat there, looked at him dumbfounded. He says, you call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and your teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you do, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And right there, Jesus began to change my heart. Because everything in this world and in this world system is all about power. It's about gaining authority, gaining power, gaining might, gaining strength, gaining finances, gaining whatever you are to get yourself to a stature to where you have servants. Nowhere in the, and I'm not knocking this, don't, don't count me wrong, but nowhere in the American dream is there I want to become a servant to all. The American dream is we're free to become who we want to be and do what we want to do, but if you find out what that is in anybody, it's to gain as much as you possibly can to make your life as comfortable as you possibly can to get what you want and everybody then respects you. Jesus said right here, the goal is to be a servant. And when I read this, you know, 38 years ago, I read this. I looked at that and I was just like mesmerized. I was like, this is not, this is not, this is not normal. 
This is not 15 steps to success, right? This is not anything. This is saying that, that if we, Jesus is putting forth for us that if we become a servant to everyone, then that's what's going to bring you success in the kingdom of heaven. And it was the first time I'd ever seen that or thought about that or looked at that. And it so just rocked my world that I began to think, wow, Lord, this is, this is really, really radical. Because you're saying that it's about servanthood, not about dominion. Because even when I started out in the ministry and started thinking it was about, you know, same thing as the American dream. You get bigger, you get more people, you do more stuff, you get da-da-da. But well, he said, no, you're supposed to be a servant to all. And then I thought, well, wow, look at this example. You're the king of kings. You're the one that had all power and all authority in you, and you became a servant and washed those disciples' feet and became a servant to go to the cross for us to give your life for us. It wasn't you that was being saved. You were the sacrificial lamb. You were saving us. And you were doing all this. And I remember just sitting there crying and said to the Lord, well, then, Jesus, if you were willing to die for me, well, then I'll live for you. And my life changed. Because something happened inside of my heart. I began to see that, that Jesus, it was like, I, and even as I'm saying it right now, it's like I can't have enough words to express my awe in that he is God, the most powerful on the face of the earth, in heaven and earth and under the earth, right? Yet he humbled himself and became a servant to die for us. That blew me away. Just blew me away. I mean, pride left my life. Arrogance left my life. Everything left my life because I'm like, my gosh, My gosh, look what you did for us, Lord. And if I'm going to be your servant, well, then, man, I'm still, I mean, who am I? And you were the king of kings, and you did it. So then the story goes on. He says, I do not speak concerning all of you, for I know whom I've chosen, but the scripture may be fulfilled, which is he who eats bread with me and lifts up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, that you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now, when Jesus said these things, he was troubled in spirit, and he testified and said, most assuredly, I say, one of you is going to betray me. Now, do you know what those words must have done at that minute to just really put the kibosh on the meeting? Everybody's looking around at each other. You know? And then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples in whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him and asked him who it was whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered and said, It is he to whom I will give the piece of bread when I dip. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. After this piece of bread, Satan entered him, and Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew what the reasoning, for what reason he had said this unto him. Some thought that because Judas had the money box, 
that Jesus didn't buy some of the things needed for the feast or to go give something to the poor. And having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. So then Jesus starts up. Now they're, they're short Judas. So when he had gone out, he said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Now, you got to understand, right? When, I, when you've never read the Bible before and you start reading things like that, you kind of, you know, can get kind of like, you're just like what? What, 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 what are you talking about? What are you talking about here? But I want you to understand something. You've got to understand the twofold thing taking place. When Jesus was going to the cross, he was going to the cross as truly the, the, the Passover lamb that was being slain for the sins of the world, right? But also in him was God, God the Father, because he was God. So it's God also going to the cross for you and I. Now, when you see this and you see what's going on here, how can anyone say, well, God didn't love me? Talk about a lie from the pit of hell. How can anybody say, God doesn't love me? He doesn't care about me. If God loved me, he wouldn't let this happen. If God, Folks, you got it so wrong. If you've ever said that out of your mouth, you need to repent. Because I'm going to tell you something. The love of God is shown right here in the scriptures with Jesus going to the cross for you and I to die for our sins. It's literally God saying, I love you so much, I am going to die for you. Now we get to celebrate. Come Sunday, Jesus coming up from the grave and resurrection and the victory and the glory. But going to the cross on Friday, man, it's rough. He said, little children, I shall be with you a little longer. You shall seek me. And as I have said uh, to the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love." one another. So Jesus said, though it's going to show if you're a disciple, truly a disciple of Christ, is if you have love for one another. Right? So what you look for in a person is, is that person going to walk in love? And is that person going to be a servant? And if they're not going to walk in love and they're not going to be a servant, well, then they've missed something because truly what Jesus said is not manifesting in us. Because, see, the world's pulling us all the, all the time. It's pulling us on over here. No, no, we need to be recognized. We need to be, we need to be you know, glorified. We need to arise. We need to be the head. We need to be you know, the top. We need to be here. We need to get to us. We need to gather to us. We need to build our empire. That's what the devil is always trying to feed us. Because that's what the world's trying to do. There wouldn't be a war going on in Russia, in, I mean in the Ukraine with Russia right now, if they decided, each of them decided to just be the servant of the other one, right? Just think about that. There's no war when you become servants. What do you need? How can we help you? How are your people suffering? How could we, what, what resources do we have that we possibly could trade with you to help you over there to bless you? But no, it's never like that. It's always a power struggle. Who's in charge? Who has got the notoriety? Who's got the, you know, the whatever you call it, the, the clout, the who's the big cheese, right? Who everybody has to come into and they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. 
That's what the world strives for. Jesus is the king. Yet he said, I want to wash your feet. I want to show you an example here. So then he says, I want to give you a new commandment. Just love one another. In 1 Corinthians 13, right? The love chapter. Usually gets read at a wedding. I always think that's funny. We read the love chapter at a wedding trying to say, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to love each other, okay? Try not to get a divorce next year. But if you read through the love chapter, you know, it says love conquers all. Love's the only thing that cannot be defeated. And so Jesus said, I'm going to show you how to do this. I want to show you if you love one another, you'll never be defeated. So then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Now, Jesus had told him time and time and time again that he was going to the cross and he was going to die for us. And the third day he was going to be risen from the dead. It was not something that had not been said. Jesus had said it multiple, multiple, multiple times. And we don't even know how many times he talked about it when that are not even written in the scriptures. Okay. So they're just having trouble figuring all this out. So that lets you know right here that if Jesus would choose Peter, who can't even figure out where Jesus is going, well then, man, y'all are doing good. Okay? And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you? I'll lay down my life for your sake. <laughs> Jesus answered and said, uh, yeah, you're going to lay down your life for my sake, all right. But most assuredly I say unto you, the rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. Now, that had got to just been like hitting Peter in the face of the wet sock, right? So what I'm trying to say to you, why, what changed my life over this whole situation was, what changed my life was, is that I began to see that what the world had always shown me, because I was raised in this, you know, you're going to be a rancher, you get a big ranch and more cows and more power and more money and more bigger trucks and bigger houses and bigger trailers and everything. You know, I was raised in this because that's all that anyone knew. And then I'm looking at Jesus saying, no, no, no. It's all about being a servant and loving one another. That's where the secret to success is. It was a game changer for me. Blew me away. And it just stripped me because I realized Everything that I had been living for was nonsense. It was nonsense. And I remember just saying to Jesus, man, Lord, if you're willing to die for me, I'm going to live for you. I just want to live for you. To this very day, I still, I, I, I get excited sometimes when I'm praying in the mornings and, I, and I'm just telling the Lord, man, I'm so, I'm so excited to see you come back. I'm so excited for the tribulation to start. This just sounds crazy, but because I want to see the righteousness of God coming forth, and I'm glad to know that I can stand before a righteous God, a God who is righteous, and I will be judged righteously. We see so much garbage going on in the world today, and there is no true justice and judgment, and if you see Jesus standing there, and he's the judge, I'm like, great, whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say is going to be right. Amen? So as we come into Good Friday, and we're thinking about Jesus going from this scene to the cross and paying the price for you and I. I want you just to kind of reflect on, on your own life and on your, on, on your own ways and about how the enemy may have rooted in and got some strongholds in your life that maybe you just need to throw down and, and put at the cross and say, Jesus, forgive me. 
I just want to be a servant. I want to be a servant to all. And then let him just begin to work things out in your life. Because you see, I'm just telling you, he knew Peter was going to deny him. He knew Peter didn't have any sense, yet he knew Peter would be a great minister for him one day. Jesus knows the same about you and I. He's not going to reject anybody. And if I guarantee you, y'all are sharper than these guys were. And he picked them. Okay? And so as you get to Friday, then it comes a time. I mean, Friday is a somber day, a day to say, to, 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 to honor the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for me. But just remember, we're coming back Sunday. And so Sunday, we're going to have some resurrection. Hallelujah, victory. When Jesus blowed the stone out of there, and, and I mean, victory came for each and every one of us. We're going to see what that victory means for each and every one of us, get to walk in that victory. Amen? And we're going to really rejoice then. But we need to look at this and take this into Good Friday. So can you play that song again? Just play the Thousand Out of Lose songs. Michael, if you want to come back up. D-Dub. And I want you all just to do this, okay? We're going to sing this song. I don't know. I really like this song tonight. And I want you all just to stand up. And this is going to be you washing each other's feet. I want you just to go get somebody and pray for them, okay? Just pray for somebody as we sing this song and worship the Lord. Who else would robs cry out to worship? Whose glory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing. With this joy Thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord Jesus, this song is forever. A thousand hallelujahs and a Everyone out there watching and listening, I just declare right now, I just pray a blessing of God over you. I just declare right now the goodness of God is stretched out and reaching out to you. That tonight there's a revelation and that you see that Jesus' love is stretched out for you. I pray, Lord, right now those that are sick be healed. Those that are tormented to be free. Those that are in darkness, Lord, to come and see the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I just pray a blessing like never before over people. That, Lord, this week, coming into Good Friday, coming into Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that people are set free, that we see revival throughout our land and our hearts turning back to you, O God. That pride and arrogance is gone from our midst. And, Lord, we become humble servants, walking in love and seeing your power manifest. Now, Lord, we just praise you for it, and we give you thanks for it, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask you to bless them. Bless them like they've never been blessed before, Lord, in their lives. Bless them, oh God. And we just give you praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen and amen. God bless you, church. Hey, I love you guys, and I can't wait to get back for Sunday.